0: Welcome back to the Jill Bennett show. I'm Scott Shantz filling in all this week. It's a big day south of the border. Donald Trump is set to surrender at a jail in Georgia over 2020 election charges back in 2020 when he tried to have the election overturned in the state of Georgia. This has been a long time coming. A whole bunch of other people have been indicted in this case, and uh, uh, you're forgiven if you're a little bit confused by this and all of the other Donald Trump stuff happening. Uh, the Republican debate for Republican nominee for the next election was last night. Donald Trump wasn't there, but, like, there were so many questions about him and drama about him and stuff. It's a, just such a, such a time. Such South of the border, and I know that uh, our politics are different. We are a different country, but this story seems to be big, and there kind of is this attitude that this indictment is different than the other ones. So, here to help us understand more is my guest, uh, Alan Sanders. Uh, he's an attorney and former Time Magazine senior reporter and professor of political science at Saint Peter's University in New Jersey. Thanks for being here, Professor Sanders. I appreciate it. So is how is this indictment different from the other ones that we've already seen for Donald Trump?
1: Well, uh, it's different because it's being brought by a state prosecutor. Uh, Now, the uh, allegations are pretty much the same as the federal allegations pertaining to the January 6th events, Uh, but uh, this indictment now, it comes from the state of Georgia and alleges violations of state laws. So it's a state prosecution, and what makes it different is that the prosecutor has decided to bring it in as a racketeering case as a racketeering case uh, bringing in all the co-defendants that she believes were involved in this uh illegal enterprise to uh, basically annul uh the election results of Georgia and unlawfully declare uh, Donald Trump uh, the new president in, uh, re, based on the results in Georgia. Um, so it's different uh, because it's a larger case, it's a more unwieldy case, and what makes it also different is that because it is a state case, um, it is not subject to a federal pardon. So there have been many uh, instances in which Trump and some of his uh, uh, other uh, Republican candidates have said that, uh, you know, if they were elected president, uh, they would pardon Donald Trump or they would do something uh, to stop the investigation or the proceedings cannot do that because we're in a federal system Uh, and as you understand in Canada federal system uh, is one in which uh, the local jurisdictions in our case the states are independent and the federal government cannot control those prosecutions
0: Okay. Now you mentioned the word racketeering, which for a layperson like myself, you know, we hear that and we hear this like Rico act thing in movies and stuff. And it's always associated with like organized crime and, and like mob stuff. That's another word we've sort of heard thrown around here. Can you explain that a bit more? Sure. Well,
1: sure. It was originally conceived of as a a statute or criminal statute to go after mobsters, uh, organized crime, absolutely. But the language is broad enough that if you can show that there has been a criminal enterprise by any group, uh, whether it's a formal or informal group, and you can show that, and then you can show that the members uh, that were involved in this enterprise basically collaborated, conspired, agreed uh, to join in the goals of the... uh, criminal enterprise, a legal enterprise, then these people can be charged as part of that criminal enterprise. So it's a way to group defendants instead of um, charging them individually and having to prove the case in a series of trials for each of the individual defendants. It's a way to group together uh, a group of people who uh, have, uh, according to the prosecutors, engaged in a Group criminal activity, so it's a it's a kind of a conspiracy statute, um, and it's been used uh, not just against mobsters here in the United States, but again uh, uh, against other criminal enterprises, against businesses, uh, and also informal groups, uh, gang members, uh, and now uh, for the first time, it's being used uh, to charge uh, people who were involved in the presidency, the president himself and those around him, as being part of a criminal enterprise. So it's rather unprecedented on many levels, and this is yet another level of unprecedented, unprecedented uh, thing about this this whole case.
0: Yeah, it feels uh, significant. Um, what would you say to people who, you know, there's so much... Um, Donald Trump, U.S. election type stuff happening, that it can be easy. And I, I know even I fall prey to this and I'm extremely interested in it, that it's, you know, he's been indicted once, he's been indicted twice. And in both cases, you know, he's there's no um, it, at least in the present term, it doesn't feel like any sort of significant outcome from it. Um And we could be forgiven for sort of feeling that is this is this going to be the same like he's going to go in, he's going to say I'm not guilty, get about a picture taken and then back back on to, you know, sort of poking at the at the bear and tweeting and talking about running for president again. Is that like basically I'm asking, is this just more of the same or could this actually see some consequences And, and what's the likelihood of that?
1: Well, uh, it's certainly going to move faster than people anticipated. Uh, The federal uh, prosecution in Washington, the special counsel, Jack Smith, has asked for a January 2 uh, commencement of trial. Now, probably it'll be pushed back a little bit, but uh, he's asking for an early trial next year. Uh, so that's uh, significant. Then we just had a, develop a development today in Georgia, in which um, the uh, Georgia prosecutor asked that uh, the trial start in October of this year. After one of the defendants used his right for a speedy trial, filed a motion saying, "I, I want a speedy trial," and under the Georgia statutes, um, he is entitled to that, and uh, he uh, suggested, uh, 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 you know, an early trial. So the uh, prosecutor, fanny Willis, in Georgia came back and said, Okay, you want a speedy trial? Well, let's do it in October. Now that's gonna set off set off a flurry of motions. Uh From the other defendants who I think uh, don't want such an early trial. And Donald Trump has already indicated through his attorney uh, that he doesn't want a a trial so early and that he might seek to sever or ask the court uh, to sever his case from that of Mr. Cheeseborough. Now, these are a whole complicated set of motions, legal motions. It's very hard at this point to see how it will all come down from uh, the judges. Uh, But uh, certainly there's going to be a lot of activity, and we've already seen it, uh, as to when the trials, uh, any of these trials, might begin. Uh, and it's much too early to tell how everything will come out. The only thing I think that can be sure is that the legal be- bills, the le- legal bills for all of these defendants are starting to pile up very quickly.
0: Yeah, it certainly feels like that. And like you say, there's a, there's a lot um, to sort of monitor and it's easy to get sort of bogged down in it. But like we say, today there has been a lot of um, sort of a talk about what's going to happen at at the courthouse today Uh, do we expect that he's going to have like a mugshot taken and be fingerprinted like we saw happen with Rudy Giuliani
1: yes I would think so Uh, the uh, local authorities in Georgia have made clear that they intend to process everyone as they have processed any other defendant and so we've seen that all the other defendants have been fingerprinted and have had a mugshot uh, taken and so there's no reason to anticipate that it will be different for Donald Trump So expect a mugshot uh, probably later today. Uh, Trump has planned to surrender himself today, probably this evening. So uh, perhaps later this evening or early tomorrow, we should have a mugshot of Donald Trump if uh, the local authorities live up to their word.
0: Wow. And one of the things that I've heard, and I'd I'd love to know your take on this, is perhaps the reason that this is such such a big deal sort of surrounding Donald Trump is, uh, basically that the the whole system is kind of on trial here uh, just in the, the sense that is no one truly above the law that you know we have evidence that Donald Trump committed crimes and that you know uh, to this point of hey they're going to follow the the standard procedure uh, everybody gets mugshot so he's going to get a mugshot and the standard procedure is we treat kind of everyone the same and if that's the case does you know a person who was president and could be president again is that person above the law? Uh, Do you feel that, that there is that significance here, that um, there's much more at stake than just one man's consequences for his actions?
1: Oh, absolutely. The prosecutors have said very clearly in their legal... Motions and uh, in various statements that they've made to the press that they believe uh, that Donald Trump should be prosecuted like anyone else. No one is above the law. I should also point out that although this is all unprecedented here in the United States, we've never had anything like this in American history, it's not unprecedented in other democracies. Other democracies have prosecuted their former leaders, whether it was a president or a prime minister. That has happened in France, it has happened in Italy, it has happened in Israel, and it has happened in, in a, a few other democracies. If the leader of a country has committed crimes, and it can be proven in a court of law, other democracies have said, "Well, we should do it," and they have done it. And I think here in the United States, uh, you can see that there's just the same force at work here. Certainly, the prosecutors are saying, "Look, uh, it doesn't matter whether you're or you're high or low in the uh, culture or in the system or in the politics of the country. If you've committed a crime, you need to be prosecuted." And of course, it, it will be a judge of ordinary, uh, a church, say, a jury of ordinary citizens that will determine your guilt or innocence.
0: It's certainly an interesting time, and, uh, you know, we're definitely going to watch it closely. Alan Sanders, thanks so much for the insight and helping us kind of understand what's going on. Alan is a former Time Magazine senior reporter and professor of political science at St. Peter's University in New Jersey. Thanks so much again for your time today.
1: My pleasure, Scott. Take care.